At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. You found Visa's premier baseball betting show. This is The Run Line. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining us here on The Run Line at our Circus Studios down in downtown Las Vegas, joined by Josh Towers on the desk today. Josh, how's it going? What's up, buddy? How are you? Good. I'm your host, Adam Burke, for tonight's show. we got plenty of stuff to get to here. A week from today, we'll be on the All-Star break. There is no Sunday night baseball next week, so uh, the last game, I believe, starts at 4-10. So we'll be on the All-Star break next week. That'll be a big talking point for us here early on in the show. We'll talk about some teams that you may want to back, some teams that you may want to fade this week as we look ahead to a little bit of downtime. But, Josh, you and I were talking about it here to kick off the show. Taking a look at a team that's been struggling, I would say, here in the American League East, and the American League East, a good talking point for tonight because we've got the Yankees and the Red Sox on Sunday Night Baseball. We'll be updating that as we go throughout the show here. But the Tampa Bay Rays, yeah. you know, we were kind of discussing them. We were discussing the Wander Franco injury. That's something that's definitely going to be a really big deal for them. Kevin Kiermeyer back on the IL now as well. But there was something else that you kind of noticed about Tampa Bay, and we'll do a buy and sell segment later on in the show with some yes-no playoff okay. odds and all of that. But it does appear that the Rays are, are kind of teetering right now as a team <laughs> that seems to be having a hard time keeping up a winning pace. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because when I think about uh... – the Rays, I mean, I think oh, we all do. We think about their bullpen and their pitching staff, right? It's never their offense. I, I would say their offense is never really that great. Everybody just kind of steps up at the right times. And and the thing that I've always liked about, about Kevin Cash was, or is, is kind of like with, with, with Taylor Walls, who you brought up earlier uh, off air, he still puts them in the four hole even though he's struggling, right? He's still like, he, he puts these guys in a position to where like, listen, man, I got trust in you. I got faith. You're going to go hit three today. You'll hit one. You'll hit four. And even though you're struggling, you're still our guy. And so that does a lot to the players. And so I think that's why we see more guys on that team that aren't or don't have the biggest numbers, but they, they still seem to come through when it needs. And then, again, the pitching staff has always put them in a position. Just brought up a thought. Kind of like uh, the Marlins and Alcantara, which I'll – kind of try to tie in, it, it puts them in a position to uh, to win because the pitch staff has always been so good, right? And so you don't need as many runs, and Tampa's been very difficult. And, and so you and I see Wander Franco go out, right? Big player, we know, massive name, going to be a huge star that we think, huge contract, and, and he does a lot of good things. But the reality with this team is, is, that, is the pitching's not really there. I mean, you got Shane McClanahan. We all know what he's doing, right? But then he's like the only dude. He's the only guy that's kind of carrying this team. They, they don't have the same pen that we've seen. Every year in the past, in my opinion, they had this dominant back end of a pen, and then he'd wear them out, and they'd get hurt or whatever the case may be, and then they would fill in other guys, and then they'd have two and three dominant bullpens 
through the course of the season, and it doesn't seem like we have that same team this year. So I think the pitching is really what is more so letting them down. But I mean, look at the starters. Like we, Kluber, like he's 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 having a respectful year. Jeffrey Springs is a starter too. Rasmus is a starter. The starting staff is not there, man. And we're asking too much of a bullpen that is starting to have to pitch more than what they have done in the past. And again, and we, it's easier for you and me and everybody else to look at the offense. But I think it, I think it starts with that pitching staff. They need a starter. They, they need help for sure. I mean, you know, I think a lot of teams will kind of be looking for the services of Frankie Montas, assuming that he's able Oof. to come back healthy from from the issue that he's had. Maybe Luis Castillo, a guy who just shut down the Rays the other day, will be available. But look, when you look at this Tampa Bay team, I mean, losing Wander Franco is a big deal because, as you yeah. said, offensively they're not very good. He's also a pretty good defender. He's a good base runner as well. You know, anytime you lose a guy like that, when your offense doesn't have a lot of margin for error anyway, it's a really big deal. They lose Kevin Kiermeyer, a great defensive player, and you talk about having to play in a low offensive environment for them. Losing Kiermaier is a big issue. They go out and get Christian Bethencourt from Oakland here, and we'll see what he's able to do once he joins the team. But this list of injuries that they have, Zanino's been out since early June. Brandon Lowe's been out since mid-May. Now Wander Franco and Kevin Kiermaier back on the IL. Manny Margot, another great defensive player for them. He's out. And their pitching staff, I mean, they're missing five guys that have pitched in high leverage out of that bullpen. They're missing Tyler Glass now, who's always hurt. Brendan McKay. Now Jeffrey Springs is back out again after missing some time due to a family medical emergency. So is, is it just too many injuries and too many absences to overcome for the Rays? Or do you feel like maybe this you know kind of cobble-it-together patchwork-style roster is, is maybe just meeting its match when the Red Sox are good, the Yankees are <laughs> right, great, right. and the Blue Jays obviously have a lot of talent? Yeah, again, like what we've always seen with Tampa is – is old Oakland philosophy, right? They feel they feel like they've done a really good job with with a very limited amount of money to use on payroll, and and their their draft since when I played has always been their their, their scouting department has always been the finest in baseball, and, and they've done a great job development wise, which I think a lot of organizations should take notes from. And then Kevin and 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 the rest of his coaching staff uh, have done a fantastic job with with how they use him again, right? And he's become very creative at times, but. When we looked at their philosophy for the last couple of years, it's like, how long is this truly sustainable for? How you're long asking can you re- a lot of guys. To you're contribute. running dudes out there to do too much too often, right? I mean, the, the, he invented the, the opener, which was the dumbest thing, but he invented that. But he invented it for the right reasons, and then baseball followed for the wrong reasons, and you notice it's kind of gone now. Uh, but Kevin needed that out of necessity. That's why he created that, Kevin Cash. And so you're asking a team every year to play 162 games, hopefully get to the postseason. It's our goal, right, based on pitching and defense. And you're doing it with two, three starters, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a couple years ago, they had Snell. They had Charlie Morton. They had Tyler Glass now. Um, Chris Archer. Arch, they, like, Before all of his injuries. They had a legit starting pitching staff. And then the bullpen got to do his thing. And then they slowly went to, like, instead of five, they went to four. And they went to four, they went to three. And now it seems like they have two legit guys, right? And then so the bullpen's eating so much, and it's just too much. And so – they're very good at going get hardy throwing pitchers and plug and placing, but they are having a very difficult time finding starters to eat innings and plug and place, right? And so you only have so many prospects in the minor leagues ready to come up at any given time. And and Shane Baz, we saw him today. Great stuff. Stuff's irrelevant, but great stuff. I wish I had it. But when you're throwing flat fastballs down the middle, everybody in baseball is going to turn it around, right? So now that he's struggling, you sent Ryan Yarbrough down, which, all right, Ryan was struggling a little bit this year, Adam, but 
the reality is, is what, what Ryan Yarbrough has done for your organization and done for your team, and you made him a starter that came in the second inning and he still did all that stuff for you, which we hate, by the way. Like, all the things he bent over backwards for and you guys reward him by sitting him down when he had a little bit off of a start. It's something you, you guys need, right? So I, I don't know what they're going to do, um, but it's becoming a, a lot more difficult every year for Tampa Bay to continue to be the team they are, even with the right philosophy to manage that organization. They just, again, yes, injuries is, is what's causing Kevin not to be able to do his real thing. Well, and we'll talk more later on in the show here at the tail end of the first hour about the death of the starting pitcher, something I'm sure you've got some coming pretty back, strong though. opinions about. It's coming back. <laughs> but uh, one last thing real quick on the Rays, and then we'll transition to another big injury that was actually announced today. With Wander Franco in the starting lineup, the Rays are 33-24. and 24. Without him in the starting lineup, 11-13. and 13. So we'll see how they're able to navigate that really key injury. Speaking of navigating big injuries, and this is one that will have an impact on the All-Star game and probably the Home Run Derby as well. Jordan Alvarez for the Astros, 10-day IL. He's out with, they're calling it hand inflammation, but it seems like it's been kind of a progressive thing for him. He had the knee issue a couple of years ago that was also kind of progressive, but now it's a hand problem for him. And look, when you talk about Jordan Alvarez, 306 average, 405 on base, 653 slugging percentage. One of the short prices in terms of the American League MVP. Now, putting him on the 10-day IL now, you know, you've got the week before the All-Star break, and you hope that he's better by the time play resumes. But it does seem like maybe this is something that could be kind of a longer-term concern and something that maybe zaps his power a little bit. Um, the longer-term like concern, yeah, because he's arguably the – I mean, he was maybe. outside of Showtime. He's probably the front-runner with MVP, right? Well, Aaron Judge, but yeah. I'm such a not an Aaron Judge <laughs> MVP guy at all. I don't know why. Um but yes, I understand. Um, like he's that good, and he means that much to that team. Now that team's a lot deeper in so many other areas. Again, their starting pitching is fantastic. It puts the bullpen in a position to be successful. And they have a lot of other guys around that have been around to do this and help them out, and there's a lot more protection, but I don't want to lose this guy more than anybody, right? I, I think that anytime you go on the IL, there is reason for us to be concerned, mm. but I think that this is the perfect time to shut him down. This, this team is where we at in the division. I got a 12-game lead over the Red Hot Seattle Mariners, right? So that's pretty much, I'm pretty cool with this. I got this. Uh, Framber, it took a catcher blocking on his knee 10 times to lose a game and give up three runs in a complete game. I mean, that's how hard it is to beat this team, right, yesterday. And so they have a lot of protection, and so it's kind of like what the Mets did with, with Jacob deGrom. They started off so well, and they created and, and afforded him the luxury of taking his time to get back ready. And then they may possibly still be in first, but they're going to be dang close to it when he gets back. And that's kind of what's happening here, I think. It's like, you know what? We have the All-Star break coming up. We have a few days off. We got to, you know, however many – let's just, let's just throw him on it and, and see if we can get him healthy. The last person we want to lose is this man. Right. No, it makes a ton of sense. And also something to keep in mind with any playoff future that you're looking to bet, you've got that buy now for the top two yeah. playoff teams – and Houston is up 10 games in the loss column on Minnesota for that buy. So to your point, they have plenty of room right now. They've got that big division lead. They have a big lead over the number three seed, which would be the Central Division champ, which looks like it will be the Minnesota Twins here, given the continued struggles for the Chicago White Sox. But you know they're up 13 and a half in, in their own division, and then up 10 in the loss column, six in the win column on Minnesota. So to your point, you know you don't worry so much about him right now no. as you would in late August, early September, which is when you definitely want to have a guy like him around. And maybe that's something, too, and we could probably talk about this a little bit later on in the show here. 
Uh, but, you know, teams may kind of use that 10-day IL sort of manipulating it a little bit where you're going to lose a guy for seven or you know, seven days yeah. as opposed to losing him for, you know, an extended period of time because of the All-Star break. So we got a lot of stuff to get to here we do. on today's show. Glad we you're do. on the desk for it. Yeah, me too. Likewise. Thank you. All right. So we'll be coming back here and uh, we're just getting started on the run line. We'll come back with the regression report. We'll take a look at a couple of teams that are in that wild card hunt. Um, one team that is... Definitely a lot more disappointing than I expected them to be here this season. That team from the National League West being the San Francisco Giants. So come on back. As I said, we're just getting started here. One segment down, seven more to go on the run line. Beeson's premier baseball betting show on the Sports Betting Network. premier baseball betting show at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar see for yourself when you sign up today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bed 365 21 plus only must be present in ohio if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now wherever you're listening. This is The Run Line. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete for free for cash all season long. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head over to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details and always drink responsibly. Back here on the run line, Adam Burke hosting tonight alongside former Major League Baseball pitcher Josh Towers. And Josh, you and I were looking here at this uh, this Yankees and Red Sox game with the Yankees now up 6-2, to two, live money line, minus 825 on New York over at DraftKings. Live total, 14.5 for this one. So, not a whole lot of starting pitching, but uh, I believe you saw yet another home run <laughs> from Matt Carpenter. Yeah. I mean, he, the kid's in 339 right now. Like it's, just, it's unbelievable what he's doing. They had some stat, and again, I don't know all these crazy stats, but the league average was 100, and his was plus 250. So whatever that was, that means he's doing well, I guess. Um, I mean, Ty Owens up to his old tricks. He only gave up the one home run, but two runs and two innings. He has not been pitching well, but when you know when you gift me six early, it's uh, a little bit easier for me to pitch. And... Uh, Again, Pavetta's, it's just kind of flat. It's, there's really not much to it. You kind of saw from the first inning on, there's not much to it. And, and, and instead of like kind of creating more of a downhill playing, which is difficult at times, and we want to get there, but it's hard at times when you're fighting yourself on the mound trying to find that feel. Uh, and then he doesn't have his lanes, and it's, it's kind of, you know, he's kind of just hoping right now, Pavetta, unfortunately. 
Well, it's kind of all or nothing for Nick Pavetta tonight. He's actually got 12 swings and misses out of 33 swings, but he's also given up a ton of hard contact in this game, which frankly has been the thing what happens when you that pick up, right? Nick Pavetta has done most of the season. Well, if you go back and look at Nick last year, it's not like he was hit. I mean, it's not like he was the most dominant dude in the world. He just had, he got tremendous run support. Right. And then this year, the run support hasn't been there, but he actually pitched, in my opinion, especially the first part of the season, first couple months, way better this year than he did last year. Well, last year, the run support was there, and this year, it's not. And, uh, and as a starting pitcher, I'm not sure which one I prefer, to be honest with you. Matt Carpenter's 10th home run yeah. in 75 plate appearances coming over for the ah, Yankees. Sometimes. And, sometimes. And, and look, you know, I mean, Park Factor helps, obviously, and we talked about it on last week's show, Bush Stadium. The ball just really doesn't carry well there. But that was a guy that looked completely lost at the end of his Cardinals tenure. Done. And now all of a sudden, he's just raking. Yeah, it just shows you that, like, it's it's still in a lot of us, depending on, you know, if we're not injury bugged. Um it shows you that change of scenery sometimes is is so important. Like we get caught up in, in being where we started, and you're so comfortable, and you don't want to leave it. You're afraid that like, why would I want to leave? And and is the grass greener type thing? And and then you go somewhere else, and you're like, wow, I never expected this. And the Yankee, I'm telling you, man, at certain points in our career, and, and for Matt, I, I think it just time wise, age wise, I mean, he's very successful major league career. We we know that with the Cardinals. Sometimes like. I need discipline. I need rules. I need to not be the guy. He was the guy in, in St. Louis, right? And then he comes over here, and he or we need it taken away from us to re-earn it. And I think he did that as well. And I think it's the combination in New York. And listen, we have rules, and and you got to shave. And now he has a cool mustache, and and and, and it's, the pressure's not on him to have to do everything or be the leadoff guy. And 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 he's just he looks so much more relaxed, and he looks like he's having so much more fun. So it looks like the Yankees uh, well on their way here tonight yeah. to their 59. I don't know. That bullpen season, might blow it again, right? Uh, which, is, which is absolutely incredible. But a couple of teams I wanted to talk about here, and, and one that got a 12 nothing win today. They knocked around Mackenzie Gore. It was a very important game, I think, today for the San Francisco Giants. They escaped San Diego with a split. They lost the first two games. The first game 2-1 to one on Thursday in 10 innings. Lost the second game on Friday 6-3. to three. But they come back, Rodon's dominant on Saturday. They get a 3-1 win. They win 12-0 here today behind Alex Wood and a whole bunch of offense. But up until this game here today, this was a Giants team that over the last 30 days had batted 213 with a 309 on base, a 362 slugging, a 297 weighted on base average, and only a 93 WRC plus where league average is 100. So even with the park factor adjustment in San Francisco, they were still 7% below league average offensively, and that was with a 10.5% walk rate on offense. So they were getting on base via the walk, just right. not a whole lot of contact quality for this Giants team this season. I mean, they can't hit. They're just not a good hitting team. And again, they kind of weren't like last year, right? Like if we really go back and look at last year, and I'm just going through some stats right now, it looks like there's one dude hitting over 300 on the same season, 307 in 51 games, but only 166 at-bats, right? Like there's no... There's no real offense to this team. And and we can you use the park. I know Jock's got 17 homers and Flores has got 12, but that's really it when it comes to that. So there's no – they're not jumping on the ball. They're not taking advantage of, of of other parks where maybe they should. So it's not like it's not like they're a victim of their own ballpark. It, it was a perfect storm last year. Uh, we didn't see it coming. But if you go back and look at their pitching staff, Di Scalfani, obviously, Gosman, Logan Webb, getting to learn, have another year. Like – it was a like they have. That's that's my point about this team. And all these teams have to do what they have to do in order to 
get like Baltimore is getting their core guys finally up to the big leagues where I think we're going to see them be pretty good and, and, and obviously it's paying off now. Do, do, is San Francisco doing the same thing? Do they have a, a core value? I think one of the biggest things we forget is their catcher is no longer there. And there's no, there's no stats to, to prove the importance of what a Buster Posey or a Yadier Molina does be on the plate. There's nothing to define it outside of me as a starting pitcher telling you without him we wouldn't be any good. Right, and 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 it, it's showing what Buster does behind the play. With that said, we asked all of those guys to have career years at the same time, and in a perfect world, they did last year. Every one of them. It was unbelievable what every one of those starting pitchers did. And again, it set the tone for the bullpen to be more relaxed and do their job. Well, you you banked on Carlos Rodon this year, and he's done pretty good. Let's let's be honest about that. He's done well. Logan Webb has done really good, but Logan's much better at home. And then you want Alex Wood, and you want Alex Cobb to do the same thing, right? And you got Jacob Junis from Kansas City who you're asking to do the same thing. You're asking, you're trying to get all these guys to, to have career years at the same time over and over and over. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And so to me, like when you really sit down and look at this team with, the, with, with, with what they're doing with the pitching staff and what the, the, the not having Buster Posey, like I'm actually pretty impressed that they're as good as they are. Because to me, I feel like they, shouldn't, they should be worse. But again, we got to go back to the coaching staff and what Gabe Kapler's doing and what the front office is doing and – they're, they're not trying to play Yankee-style baseball. They're not trying to play Houston-style baseball. They're trying to play their own style of baseball, and it's why they give themselves at times an opportunity to win to where they're not the Cincinnati Reds who have no idea what style of baseball they're playing. They're clueless. The Angels don't have a clue in the world how to play baseball, but these guys do. And so they're all trying to do their job to the best of their ability, but when you're limited, there's only so much you can do, especially in a division like that. Last year, the Giants hit 241 home runs, second I mean, most in Major League Baseball. That was the other impressive thing. That's what really, I think, kind of covered up some of their other deficiencies is that they wound up hitting for a lot of power. One other team I want to talk about, we're actually going to talk more about this team in a couple of different junctures throughout the course of the show here, the Seattle Mariners. So the Mariners, when you look at them, and obviously Park Factor plays a big role at T-Mobile Park. It's a place that suppresses offense, so their pitchers are able to have a lot more success at home. They had three guys here, and Logan Gilbert being one of them, and he pitched today and wasn't terribly effective in the game against the Blue Jays, but they have three guys here. Logan Gilbert, Marco Gonzalez, and Chris Flexen, who are stranding a, an inordinately high number of runners based on their strikeout rates. Gilbert came into today's start with a 261 ERA, but a 415 expected ERA, 350 FIP, and a left on base wait, percentage, almost 82%. Wait, Berg, you say that again? He has a 280 ERA? It was a 261 ERA going into today's start. Okay. With a 415 expected ERA. What does that mean? So expected ERA is basically taking your batted ball data, your mm-hmm. contact management data, and using expected weighted on base average to come up with ERA. So it's essentially like if you give up a lot of hard contact, yeah. which Gilbert has, okay. if you give up a high barrel rate, if you give up a lot of fly balls, because fly balls go for doubles and home Eventually. runs, that's what gotcha. expected ERA kind of takes into the equation. Okay. Wow. Well, right. We didn't have that. Well, mine, well, mine, would have been, mine would have been 15. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then there's Marco Gonzalez, 324 ERA with a 474 expected ERA, 514 fielding independent pitching. So he's gotten very, very lucky. Then Chris Flexen, his expected ERA, full run above his ERA. So those three guys there that don't strike out, Gilbert's got decent strikeout stuff, but the other two guys really don't. This Seattle team, I think, is is kind of MacGyvering this thing with the pitching staff a little bit. All right, but then I this is what I look at, right? So, and and, and I respect all those numbers, but when we when we generalize them, right, for the whole season, it's not fair to me, right? So 
if you look at uh, Marco, he, he six and two thirds, two earned runs. Six innings, two earned runs. Six innings, two earned runs. Seven innings, two earned runs. Six and two thirds, one earned run. Four and a third, two earned runs. Seven innings, three runs. And let's go back to the next one. Seven and a third, two runs. So his last nine starts, he's given up three once and two or less in every other start. He's been locked in, right? So if I blend what he's doing now and this team's hot with what he did earlier and maybe he wasn't in the right position, it's not really fair, right? So if I go, if I just take those generalized stats and go, they probably shouldn't be winning, I got to take into consideration why he was struggling, what was going on. Chris Flex and the same thing. Flex comes back. He had an awesome year last year after being in Korea. And then a little bit more expectation he put on himself, and now he's starting to relax. So there's a lot of things like that. So, I mean, again, lately, this team's been awesome. Well, we'll talk more about the Mariners later on in the show here, but as I mentioned at the top, the All-Star break, just a week away. So, with that in mind, interesting week to handicap, to say the least. Some teams looking ahead to the break, some teams looking to try and bank some wins before they get some downtime. So we'll do a little buy and sell here as we look at five teams for the upcoming week on the run line on VEASAN. You found VEASAN's premier baseball betting show. This is the run line. VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $19, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. So if you want to try us out, a little less than a dollar a day in advance here of the upcoming football seasons. Sign up today and you'll get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, that article Monday through Saturday over at the website. NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, and NASCAR. Our college football betting guide comes out at the end of the month as well. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash summer. Back here on the run line, your host Adam Burke, alongside Josh Towers here tonight at the lovely Circus Studios down at the Fremont Street Experience in downtown Las Vegas. And Josh, it's 6-3 here in the top of the fourth. So again, not a whole <laughs> lot of pitching here in this one, but the Red no. Sox do get a run back in the third, uh, but still trailing 6-3 to three here with Nick Pavetta still trying to fight his way through as much of this start as possible. Yeah, and again, Tyone's given up a couple hits, and they've both been homers as well. Yeah, Pavetta's, they're going to have to hit this bullpen pretty quick if they want an opportunity to win this game. I mean, the team scored three. They're only down three. It's the fourth inning. We watched them come back and win last night late. Um, and then what's going on in baseball today? Are you are you a, a, a totals better? Are you an over-under better? I'll bet wherever I think I have an edge on the line. Yeah, and, and I know this is probably not the most whatever statement, but every game today, some team has scored in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning in every game. No bullpen today has, uh, or no game today has seen a bullpen like come in and shut the door. Like it's crazy. I don't, I don't bet totals too much. I, I want to, for me, I'm trying to decide who I think is going to win the game because at the end of the day, our goal is to win this game, right? right. No matter what happens, I was going to score 20 or two. It does not matter to me or anybody else on the bench. And so, I don't mess with totals too, too much. This would have been a good one, obviously. Tyone and 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 Pavetta, we know haven't been pitching that well uh i'm sure it was high but it looks like they're probably at it now um and then again when you factor in what you're looking at i mean every seventh eighth and ninth inning of every game today there's run scored i mean there's got to be a lot of people who bet some unders that are just dying unless you had sandy alcantara right exactly good. total in this game was nine so uh I, I don't think people that bet the under are going to get the lucky push nope. in this one we'll see what the red sox decide to do because they're in tampa tomorrow whereas the yankees are off so for the Red Sox, they definitely have some concerns because Brian Bayo makes his second start tomorrow, and we'll talk more about that 
later on in the show here. But you know, as we said, Josh, the All-Star break will start a week from basically now or so, depending on how late some of those games end up running on the West Coast next Sunday. And it can be a really difficult week from a handicapping standpoint because some teams will still be invested, some teams will still be engaged, yeah. others will not because they'll be looking forward to a little bit of downtime, maybe a quick vacation, something like that. So I isolated five teams here this week that I want to talk about a little bit. And one of them, very near and dear to my heart, they have the big offensive explosion yesterday and then score one run today, losing the series to the Royals, is the Cleveland Guardians. So they take on the White Sox and the Tigers here this week. So important Central Division games. They just lost in a four-game sweep to Detroit last week. Is this a team that you feel like can rally and, and circle the wagons as the cliche goes for this week? Or do you think it'll be a continuation of more of the same where they just struggle? It's so tough. I mean, I I guess I'll frame it this yeah. way because they're a young team going through the grind of the season for the first time. You would think they'd be relatively fresh being a young team, but we're, obviously we're they're young, not. young offensively. Very, yeah, very young yeah. offensively. But, you know, everyone says that Terry Francona is kind of the X factor and, and sort of that master motivator behind the scenes type guy. I haven't really seen it here of late. Well, I mean, we're getting crazy inconsistency from your starting pitching, which is really your bread and butter. All right, the offense, I'm still a big fan of. You're right, young, but they do a lot of things well. And the most important thing is they don't strike out. So they give themselves an opportunity each and every at bat. And then they have a guy in Jose Ramirez who there's something, it does something to you as a teammate when, when you see somebody like that who's a major star who takes less money to stay. And he's happy, and he, he like every day he shows up ready to go. It's a great clubhouse guy, right? So they have cool pieces offensively, even though young and, and not. I mean, I'm sure they expected more. Is is it Reyes? I think mean, we've got five. Ron Mill Reyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, probably, he's, although he's been hitting, he's been swinging it real well lately, lately. right? Yeah, yeah. But it's the starting pitching. Bieber's three and five. He's got a three, four, four. Um, and again, for most people in the world, uh, we would take that. But for Bieber, saying that's not it, like he looks off to me bad. I don't know. What's Velocity's going on? Been down all year. Well, too. he's pushing the ball. It's really, he's taking it out. He's like really short, and then he's pushing it. I have no idea where this came from, and it just—it's. I mean, again, his numbers are a credit to how how genius he is, and how good his stuff is. But I don't understand what he's doing with some mechanics, and if it's on purpose or not. Tristan McKenzie is having a better year. We saw him struggle mightily up, and then the first half of this year has been awesome. Then he struggled lately. It seems like, but he's still finding his his you know finding out who he is. We're going to see a better Tristan McKenzie next year. Uh, police sex, it, it, it's just not working out right now for him on the win-loss column, but all their ERAs are respectful. But, again, Savali's got a 6-2-5. He's the one guy. Like, there's just no consistency, and there's no one guy that they can jump on their back. We well, can jump on Shane's back in the past. We can't do that now, right? And so if my starting pitching goes, which it has for me, with this Cleveland Guardians team, then they're in a lot of trouble. And, again, for them, luckily – Nobody's running away with the division. They're still only four and a half back of Minnesota. I still don't think anybody believes in Minnesota, to be honest with you, except for people in Minnesota. Let's be honest about that after what they did last year. Um, and so the door is still open for both these teams, the White Sox and Cleveland. But again, the starting pitching is going to have to step up, and I'm not sure what they need to do. Well, the, the hard part for Cleveland, they had Thursday off. That was their first off day, first scheduled off day since June 20th. They have a doubleheader coming up on Tuesday. They played two doubleheaders last week. They played a doubleheader... Uh, on July 2nd uh, against the Yankees because they had that June 1st or July 1st, excuse me, game rained out. They've just played a lot of baseball. And I think that their bullpen with a bunch of converted starters has really hit a wall here of late. And that's something that's tremendously affected them. What about some teams that 
don't really have a whole lot to play for here. The Washington Nationals being one of them. They take on the Mariners and the Braves here this week. You know, Juan Soto's not really having the year we would expect from him, although teams How? are pitching around him. He's not seeing yeah. fastballs. There's just not much he can do about it. But what about those teams? A team like the Nationals not really going anywhere. A team like the Cubs that's actually been playing a lot better of late, and maybe there's some shred of life to my season no. total over. But what about those teams that are just they're bottom feeders? They're last place types of teams. Do, do you feel like any of those teams you know play hard this week? I think, and, and again, from a from an individual standpoint, every player is to an extent we're trying to give our best every day because at the end of the day, I want to stay in the big leagues, I want to be in the big leagues for a long time, and I want to make big league money, right? And so, having the protection of, of an awesome job like that, like every day, we're trying to we're trying to do out there and do our best. It is hard to stay as motivated in a losing environment when other people are down and, and it's just demeanors kind of down and we're kind of like this and we're not like coming in and like rowdy and stuff, like which a winning team would do. Uh, you start to get a little bit more like pressure. Like I need to get a hit here. Or I have to get this guy out. And so the intentions remain pure with all the players and all the coaches. It's just the environment creates an environment that doesn't, and it's not conducive to success or winning baseball games. So it's, so it's difficult. The front office doesn't ever talk to us about this, but they're always in work mode about the future and what the team looks like and what they need to do to create some success. And so there, there is a separation there, which there should be, but there, there's nothing that's really going to change. And then when September rolls around, you got these teams that are, they're completely out of it. They're going to bring up some young bucks and they're going to let them play a little bit more just to get them some innings and a bats and, and blah, blah, blah. And so then that, that kind of, you know, brings down your win total a little bit as well, but we won't see teams do that until about that time until September. So you're not going to see, again, you're not going to see players back off. You're not going to see, effort any less They're, it's just it's just not a winning environment i mean talk about cincinnati all the time i mean who's joey Votto? great you're a veteran dude but like you you enjoy this the, the 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 people on the stands which i love more than how do we how do we write this ship and become successful right so it, it, it's a very difficult thing and, and when you got the washington nationals we all know this is gonna happen you got a guy in steven Strasburg who you pay 180 million to and he doesn't even want to play baseball the guy's made 10 starts in five years or something. I don't even know what it is. Like some crazy stat of three years and 10 starts. It's just embarrassing. Um, Soto's turned it down 400 million or whatever he's turned it down because he knows that like he, he doesn't see the future of this team right now. And he is the future. And you said it with them. Like, why am I going to face Juan Soto? Why am I going to face him? I love Nelson Cruz. He's probably maybe my favorite player of all time as a person, as a player, but as much as I respect Nelson, I, I, I'm going to face Nelson Cruz and, and Josh Bell before I'm facing Soda, right? And I know there's nobody else, right? So, again, I environments create losses for teams, but players still try to give their best. And the Cubs, second worst record in all of baseball since, like, May 15 next to the Angels. I mean, I think they both have 11 wins since that time. Like, it's just not there. It's just not there. And, again, for, for your money and my money, I know it's not going to be on those teams. Well, speaking of the Angels, well, just to mention this real quick here as we're coming up against the break, uh, they've won two games since June 29th. Both of them started by Shohei Otani, right. who MVP. does get the start here against the Astros on Wednesday, but the next five games prior to the break for the Angels, three with Houston, who just embarrassed them 21-4 <laughs> to four in a sweep last week, and then two with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So things probably not going particularly well here this week for the Los Angeles Angels, and they haven't for quite some time here. We got a former starting pitcher on the desk, and as we know, the role of the starting pitcher has changed quite a bit. So we'll get Josh's thoughts on that third time through the order penalty, 
and how to look at pitchers amping up their workloads in the second half as they reach new career-high thresholds. Plenty more to come on The Run Line, the premier baseball betting show on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Betting show. This is the run line. Beeson will be broadcasting live from NBA Summer League now through July 17th. Catch the edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, live from the NBA Summer League every weekday this week. Also, JVT just did a special edition of Hardwood Handicappers from NBA Summer League, so make sure you check out the podcast version of that. We'll also have special guests, exclusive content, and live updates all throughout VSIN shows. For more, follow us on Twitter at VSIN Live and on YouTube with our VSIN YouTube channel. Back here for the last segment of the first hour of the run line. I'm your host, Adam Burke, joined by Josh Towers. And Josh, I think it's going to be a fun segment because you and I were kind of going back and forth <laughs> a little bit here during the break. We should have uh, saved I'm, it. I'm a stats guy. Everybody knows that. If you've listened to this show, if you've read anything I've done over at VSIN, not even just in baseball, but across all sports. Big into the data, big into the stats, and I have to be because I don't have the perspective of being a former player as Josh does. So I want to talk a little bit here about starting pitching because it's going to be a big thing throughout the rest of the season. As we know, we'll have pitchers that are reaching new career highs in innings in the second half. We'll talk about how to kind of handicap and handle those guys. But first, Josh, we had a spirited discussion during the break. (laughs) About the third time through the order penalty. Yes. And this is something that is backed, at least by data. You look at OPS by times through the order so far this year as a starting pitcher. 695 the first time facing a hitter. 721 the second time. 766 the third time. Most years tend to follow that pattern. But, Josh, you went so far as to say the third time through the order is a myth, in your opinion. (laughs) It 100% is. Um, If we're talking about just starting pitching... Just starting pitching. Yeah. Uh, listen, man, I, I've said this a million times. If, if there's two outs in the first inning and no one's on and Bryce Harper comes up, guess what Bryce Harper's not getting? The pitch that I'm going to try to get him out with when he comes up with a runner in second and third and one out, right? This is the time for me to challenge Bryce Harper. This is the time to show you that fastball command wins, and then I'm not afraid of you. Uh, and if he hits a home run, so what? It's a solo home in the first inning. I'm not going to lose the game with that. It's almost impossible, right? It doesn't happen if that's the only run we give up. So what we're really trying to do as a starting pitcher is I'm not, I'm not pitching you. Like if I'm in the AL East, which I was, and I faced Derek Jeter two, three hundred times in my career, I'm not pitching Derek Jeter the same way every single time. It's impossible. 
right? He's going to own me. So I have to get very creative on one hand and my control has to get better on the other hand, right? I can go at him very similar a lot of times, but if I'm pitching in the middle of the plate, I'm dead. And if I start living in the corners and down, I'm having more success. And so as a starting pitcher, I'm trying to set you up months in advance, weeks in advance, days in advance, innings in advance. I'm trying to set you up and trying to get you to look one way where I go another, try to get you out in front where I bust you, whatever I'm trying to do. And if you let us do our job properly, I'm setting you up for that third time to the lineup. I shouldn't need a fourth time, but I'm setting you up for the third time to where I'm going to have more success. Now, uh, as a starting pitcher, I have to have the ability to add and subtract. I have to somewhat be tired because I'm going to control everything I do. And so strikeouts become not as important. If I'm trying to strike everybody out all the time, uh, I'm going to empty my gas tank too early. And then if I'm going 100%, how can I back off? And so if I'm going 100% too often and you see me, two and three times, and yeah, you're going to have more success, right? So I have to have all these different intangibles, and if we don't let these guys pitch, and then all of a sudden I, I'm pulling my guy for five every time, and all of a sudden I run him out there the seventh inning one time, yeah, he's not going to be as good. And then let's say the third to the, to the lineup, I only get to face six hitters, and I give up two hits. Well, then their averages and their numbers balloon a little bit, right? So the, the, the at-bats are always going to be less, and, and, and I just feel like numbers are inflated. Now are we talking about, again, Guys like Sandy Alcantara who go third time through the lineup every start because I bet his numbers are really good, right? And is it is it a uh, uh, Hunter Green in Cincinnati who they're hoping gets that far, but he's having a hard time because he's trying to throw 103 every pitch and eventually he gets turned around and now we're we're mixing these guys' stats together and saying that oh a third time through the lineup isn't right. And again, I'm getting long with this answer, but. It's like uh, almost any organization. It's somebody up top sitting there going, hey, I'm looking at what, what side are you on? I'm looking at this site and, you know, third time through the lineup around baseball, guys are better. And so if my starting pitcher gets there, consider maybe pulling them. And the manager's looking at him going, just let me do my job because there's a lot of feel going on and who's pitching well right now. And if he's not, and is his stuff getting better as the game goes on or if it's getting worse, how's his comfortability? Our conversations in the dugout that no one knows anything about. There's a lot of things that factor in, and when I start just listening to people upstairs because I'm trying to protect my job, I'm going to put people in a failed position or a position to not be as good, right? So when I look at stats like that, I have to be very careful. Me personally, i got to be very careful because I know that it's not, it's not 100%. I know that not every pitcher gets worse the third time through the lineup. Um, and on any given day, you know, anybody can have their stuff and go nine shutout in our league if we allow them. The other thing I know is the more you let somebody pitch the eighth and ninth inning, the better they get the start of the game, right? So if I pull somebody after five every single time and all of a sudden I run them out there for the seventh, the seventh is going to feel like the ninth and they're going to be like, if they get through it, they're going to be super excited. I always said, if you want to know how to pitch the first inning of a postseason game, you better know how to finish pitch the eighth and ninth inning of a regular season game. You better know how to finish what you started if you want to have the same adrenaline and the same feel of a postseason game. When I don't allow guys to go deep that often, like the seventh starts to feel like I threw a complete game and really, I've always felt like if you didn't go seven innings on a pitch, you didn't do your job. That's how I feel, right? So we put them in a position, or a lot of people in a position to, to feel like that, to almost fail at that point. But the good ones, the Maxes, the Jacobs, the Sandys, the good ones, they don't, they don't have this issue because they're so used to pitching in those innings and seeing those guys a third time that they get better, they get smarter. And again, the Tom Glavins of the world, hey, I'm going to throw Berkey a first pitch curveball today because he hasn't seen a curveball for me in six months. The last time I threw it was in this game at this time, and so I'm going to set him up with this, get him thinking, look at this, and then we're just going to go here the rest of the game. What? What are you talking about? But that's how we think of starting pitchers, right? So I, again, 
Depending on who it is, yes. Depending on who the manager of the team is, yes. And depending on some people, no. I don't, I don't agree with it. Well, I do think, I mean, look, there are exceptions to the rule, obviously. I mean, there yes. are going to be guys, especially the really good ones, that, you know, it's not as big of a deal for them. But that's what if, makes if him good, right? A, if you're a league average or worse type of starter, the third time through, you're going to be bad. Because, you know, your arsenal's not as deep. Your stuff isn't as explosive. You know, you're just... And we've, we've seen this happen a lot. We've seen this happen a lot recently with guys that I, I would consider below average starting pitchers. Yeah. The manager tries to push them a little bit because we're down to a 13-man pitching staff. Bullpens are tired. You mentioned it that you know in almost every game today, runs were scored late in the game. <laughs> so some of these managers Whoa. are trying to steal some of these innings. Yes, you do have to look on a pitcher-by-pitcher basis. On the whole... We do know that pitchers are worse the third time through. Yeah, because we don't have any. We don't have that many high high qualities. I mean, we're not developing in the minor leagues as right. well anymore. We're not. We're not putting guys in position to get X amount of innings. Which we're is not, another thing, right? It's so like weird, most man. guys aren't. They're not built to throw 100 pitches anymore. They're built to throw 85 or 90 well, because then they know they're well, coming out of the game. We're not allowed I like to fade guys like that after yeah. they pitch into the seventh you, and throw 110 pitches, something like that. So like, do you know how hard it is? Like, if, if somebody goes, let me get this up real quick. We're at 100 and let's just say eight pitches divided by I'm in the seventh inning. It's 15 pitches an inning, right? 13 pitches an inning is where, like, you're really, really exceptional, right? Mm. I mean, think about that. Nine times 13 is 117 pitches, and you are exceptional at what you're doing. But I'm not allowed to throw 117 no more because that's too many. So you're asking me to throw, like, 10, 11 pitches an inning the entire game to even give me an opportunity to pitch in the ninth when I'm probably – crazy efficient it's not like i do 30 in the first and then eight six four and i'm like i I gassed out but then i kind of got it back so my overall pitch count looks good but it's really not right it's not like we don't we're not even logical about how we even look at this 110 or this 100 anymore like you're you're honestly you're asking guys to be corbin burns you're asking guys to be shane mcclanahan you're asking guys to strike out the world but you want them to be josh towers and never walk anybody and throw 70 pitches in seven innings every time it's impossible we're not even logical about what we're doing. So, again, then I'm backing my guys off. I'm not letting them pitch that they're attempting to line up getting deeper in the games. They're not growing as pitchers. And at some point, somebody has to. So then I finally allowed Jacob DeGrom to do it, which wasn't even a big prospect by the Mets, by the way. And then he proves he can do it. So I, I let him. I let Max. Those guys get better because they're good. But by default, and then I overly baby a Josh Towers, and I let him go five every time. And the one time I let him go six or seven, he gets rocked. But he's in a situation he's never been. One of my best years – Roy Holiday got hurt the All Star break, and at that point in Texas, the Jays thought that our season was over because we lost Roy. So he let me in 2005. He let me and Gustavo Chassin just pitch, never take us out, just pitch, and then whatever happens happens. And it was we both had 13 wins that year. We both had, I think, had 200 innings pitch. It was the best seasons. It was Gustavo's rookie year as well. Best seasons we had. Best season I had. Because I had the freedom to just do my job and the game dictated when I was coming out and nothing else was predicated on it. So, like, there's so many factors that we really don't know are happening that are hard when I see blended stats. That make sense? Yeah, no. And you and I have to go off this because we're trying to gamble. We're trying to figure out who we think is going to win a game. And so we have to get in depth with this stuff. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. And and as I said, I mean, I'm a completely data-driven guy. And for you, Mm. it's a little bit of a different story. But... I do want to continue this discussion after the break, actually, because I want to talk about some starting pitchers who are really going to have increased workloads in the second half and how that ties in to the American League Cy Young race as well. Since I had a conversation with that or about that with Wes Reynolds and Mitch Moss today on Twitter. So go ahead and bring it to the show here to kick off the second hour of the run line. Plenty more to get to here on VEASAN's Premier Baseball Betting Show on VEASAN, the sports betting network. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.